Hey, I hope y'all had a good weekend. Sorry about your soccer team, Kyle. Well, our soccer team. Our, our. Got all kinds of good things to talk about this week. Next gen tech schools, Liza Borch is giving prices, aging inventory advice. Here I go. And a Swiss ban on EV driving? We're going to get to the bottom of that one. We'll get to the bottom yeah, of that before this episode's over. <laughs> we'll, we'll ruin your LinkedIn post day by the end of the episode. Yeah. Welcome. Well, hopefully we preempt it so that you by go. the time you see it, so you don't it mess it'll up. be a non-issue. Non-issue. Did you see this morning that people can schedule LinkedIn posts? Wow. It was supposed to. I, I saw that that was a feature last week, but I didn't have it. Do you have it? Uh, I have it. I have it. Oh, man, maybe so, I need to yeah. update or something. I do not have it. Well, maybe I do have it. I just haven't checked. But, but companies can't, which is really backwards. It's, a pain <laughs> in the it's the same thing with <laughs> LinkedIn. Like, it's the same thing with audio events. <laughs> audio <laughs> events. We're out here trying to serve some people. Actually, can't more people than a lot of personal profiles with some audio events linked in. And we can't do it. But we're trying really hard. Man, Help us. Trying. Help you. Twitter Help Spaces you. is doing the thing right now. People like, I don't want to move. Don't make us move it to Twitter Spaces. Don't make us. We want to have it on LinkedIn. If you want well, to. Well, to be, to be <laughs> fair, Twitter Spaces doesn't have, like, rooms or anything like that either. It's all based off of people, so. Well. Oh, so our Automotive State of the Union Twitter account couldn't do it? I don't think so. Uh, I don't know. We yeah. weren't. This world wasn't made for us, Kyle. <laughs> Twitter wasn't made for us. I can Which tell you that right now. why we're hosting our own event on December 20th in person in go. Nashville. You're an extravaganza. Look, I know we've been talking about it, but um, in Nashville on December 20th, it's a Tuesday, Christmas week. We're having a live Tonight Show style uh, mm. extravaganza. So we're going to be in suits. There's going to be a live band. We're doing full all out. Our producer produces like the Emmys in New York Fashion Week for E! Network. So we're giving the whole thing. We're going to have live guests. He's literally at the People's Choice Awards right now. Oh, y'all. that's right. He's producing the People's yeah. Choice. Yeah, so come on, we're gonna have some fun. It's yeah, gonna be crazy. Yeah, we are. So go to go to uh, asodu.com. It's right below the the top of the page. Click on that. It'll link you up to the LinkedIn event, Facebook event, and all that stuff. We want you to be there uh, if you can in person. Maybe you can get there in person. We have limited yeah. seating for the live studio audience, um, but you definitely can get there for the live stream. And whether you know you're working in the service lane, have it on a second screen, or you can focus on it for a while, we hope that you can join us for a good time of looking back on this year and looking ahead to next year with some of the people that you know and love and get to see them a little more candid environment and got a couple surprises and giveaways. And there's a PS5 sitting in my office right now that we will be giving away. So make exactly. sure that you join and sign up for the LinkedIn it's event. It's a season of giving, even over here. It's a season of giving. Go. Oh, that's so good. That's <laughs> so good. Uh, i got a few things to talk about today, a few stories and a few wrap-ups. But uh, this first one is about this next this generation one. of auto techs. We've, we haven't mm. talked about this in a while, but we've talked about EVs quite a bit. Um, you know that the landscape is changing and a new $22.3 million automotive tech school in northern in a northern wow. L.A. suburb um, is now open. It's Pierce College, uh, thanks to a $3.5 billion California bond measure that was actually passed back in 2008 to invest in facilities that better prepare students for job. That's not just an automotive. That's across the board. And uh, $22.3 million of it ended up in an automotive tech school, which is so Great. needed. Um, and so, like, basically some of the things from the Automotive News article that, you know, new requirements for being an auto tech rapidly changing, obviously now require computers and technology and programming even. Alex Villalta, associate professor of automotive service tech and a graduate of the Pierce program, says the students are coming in now with laptops instead of toolboxes, which is pretty Yo. cool. 
It is pretty wild. And I think, you know, the EV acceleration is going to make this even more a necessity to almost like you might need some level of programming skills. Yeah, that, that, that's the word it, that kind of triggered me. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's not just that a little code. that you have to like connect to the OEM computer to like let it solve something or call a master tech up at the up at the shop like you might actually have to fix a couple lines of code or you know get in and and diagnose the comp the actual computer. Um I think it, it'd be really funny if like every tech bay had like the tech, you know, the the programming technician over here, and then like the the lube technician over here, and like they're both working on the same car, like in like a really like in a spy movie where you have the guy in the chair, right? Yeah, the, the guy, guy in the chair is like, I don't know, he's got glasses. Think about that. Like you just like as the car pulls in, it just gets plugged in. Some guy in another room is diagnosing the car, seeing what's happened, looked looked over the past, uploading some stuff, you know, like picturing schematics in an augmented reality glasses being overlaid. This is going to be good. We should make a visual representation of what we're talking about right now. Yes, exactly. But I I would just I would actually not that far off on. No, it's not that far off. I mean, I think everyone should be thinking about what their shops would look like with more like pressing pressing into technology and what technology you should be investing in today and un, or or just like accruing for the right type of computers yeah right Th think about it paul when you go in the shop what what's sitting around typically the old sales guy computer right <laughs> it's like ah put that back in the tech shop yeah he'll, he'll, We'll be good with that one back there, you know. <laughs> right, it's it's right. still on dial up somehow. Right, it should uh, it, right. It should be the newest stuff. It should be the newest. It should be now. newest, yeah, most absolutely. portable, most powerful. Uh, this is a great part of the story. Um, Northridge Toyota, who's in the area in California, they hire Pierce graduates, says shop so manager smart. Edward Edward Luhan, who's in charge of everything from recruiting service techs to ensuring that you know they pass their certifications. Um, he's been in the service industry for 35 years, um, all of them with Toyota and Lexus. And he notes the vehicles he started working with had six computers. And the new ones have like 50. <laughs> so unbelievable. It, it's it's yeah. a big deal. And it's cool to see the California New Car Dealer Association um, giving scholarship money out uh, in pretty big amounts. I mean, they awarded almost half a million dollars over the last five years to over 300 California students to help cover training costs. I think this is definitely something that uh, dealers we see all across the country it, yep. in spurts, right? Like engaged in training the next level of technician, but um, the opportunity for that, especially with the shortage, um, the, those who seem to lean in on these recruitment programs and, you know, um, you know, we see training, some, recruitment, scholarships, all of that, I think those are going to be the ones that win, especially when it's tough to find technicians. It's going to be even tougher to find technology-driven technicians oh, yeah. moving into EV spaces, like getting in at the ground level in high school and college or you know uh, trade trade school uh, type stuff. Absolutely necessary for car dealers, especially like mid to large size groups. No brainer. I wonder if there's like this. Dip I mean, there's a brand thing, right? on turning wrenches, right? It's a dirty job. It's like, hey, well, there's not going to be any more oil, <laughs> right? Like all, a lot of Fair. the dirty jobs, a lot of the dirty jobs in auto tech are, are going to be transitioning out um, or at least reducing and kind of like a level of being able to like work on a car. It feels a little more fast and furious to me, right? Like the computer dude's like, oh, let me like program the ECM yeah. and make the thing happen. Um, you know, so we'll see. I mean, there's probably a, a group of people that never considered it that will consider it now. 
And I yep. guess time will tell. You know, it's one of the one of the dealers is doing a really great job of it. We had a little bit of a front row seat for is Carter Myers Automotive. And, um, you know, with their technician training, awarding scholarships, bringing people into their service base. Um, and speaking of Carter Myers Automotive. Stop. Segway. Time. It's really good. Uh-huh. So. Yep. I- Yep. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. So on Fridays, every Friday, we have a room on Clubhouse called All Things Used Cars, uh, concepted and hosted by uh, the one and only David Long. Uh, has a topic in auto on used cars that, you know, we kind of branch around. Last week, it was specifically on how we're going to deal with and price aged inventory. And Liza Borches from Carter Myers Automotive, she shared some of uh, her tips. You know, I thought maybe like getting a little practical on a Monday might be helpful with yep. an issue that everybody's dealing with? Well, the reality is, is that going into the end of the year, especially when play, people are consistently writing down cars to you know, get out of the year in a good financial state and, and be ahead of their inventory, think, um, thinking about this and, and thinking about it throughout the month of December on what you're going to do with aged inventory is a real key. I think that for me, and, and we'll go through kind of her practical stuff, um, but yes, you need to deal with the age inventory. More dealers are coming up on age inventory. Honestly, it's kind of interesting because age inventory just wasn't even as much of an issue. So many dealers were okay with aging inventory yeah. because it was appreciating. And so it's not like <laughs> we does make a difference, doesn't it? I don't right? know if it's I hold like we, it, it might be worth next month. Exactly. Like that, what a weird It's scenario. not like we haven't had it. It's just that now we have to do something about it because it is depreciating again. Um, we're seeing depreciation in like 20% ranges again, which is similar to what it was um, pre, pre, uh, pre inventory shortage. So, but the, the biggest reality that I don't think was mentioned in, in Liza's talk, but that was mentioned in the room and that I'm constantly on is that all of your money, all of your turn, all of your intention is made in the buy and recon process. And so, um, you know, if you're a dealer out there and you're thinking, what do I do with my aged inventory is you go back and train used car managers and service managers on what they missed 60 days ago, not what they're missing today in their aged inventory because uh like tommy gibbs always says a, a car doesn't age on day day 60 it ages on day one that's so, a great way to put that's it. what i have right. that's what i have to lean into well i so, mean it's like go into liza's stuff it's though. it's less of a mitigation strategy right like how to get rid of aged inventory when you have it is mitigation yes right it's exactly. not prevention um so liza gives her points on like how her and her team approach aged inventory uh there's five points here we'll go through them quickly the first uh expect inventory diversity that means every store every team and every market is going to require a nuanced strategy right no matter the nuances there's still some fundamentals so she's like no two situations are the same so like let's understand that even if you're the same group with stores in different markets like uh like her her group does exist So uh, she says the right end user exists for every car. So moving inventory between the group stores um, or out of your network could be vital to selling the aged inventory while retaining more value. Um, We've seen a lot of dealers do this just by pooling inventory on their website, right? It's just available. But sometimes moving it around physically um, could make a difference as well, especially if you have a team that is really engaged with like doing their videos in the morning or letting their customers know what vehicles they have on their lot when they do their lot walks. Um, That could really make a big difference. Uh, I like this one, repricing with wisdom. You would take... Someone like Liza use the word wisdom when it comes. Wisdom. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Uh, she says before changing the price, call every relevant lead to gauge interest. You may be able to sell it with a smaller price drop. I like yep. that. 
Yeah, that's a big, um, you know, Jason Rice, owner of Lot Pop, is is a big, he's like, the majority of your car sales are right there in your leads. You're just not paying attention to them. You're trying, you're, you're using price over, um, uh, over the people to, to kind of move vehicles. And, and the opportunity is a lot of times in your people. Yeah. So. This next, this next, this next one is like a little, a little quip that, that they use. And it it sounds like this. You were right. We've adjusted the price and wanted to give you dibs or first crack at it. I like it. The customer didn't buy it. And you go back to him. You know what, Mr. Mrs. Customer, you were right. Price was too high. We went and looked at it, readjusted it. Since you were looking at it, we want to give you first crack at it with the adjusted price, which is pretty cool. Um, you know, the final point, and we, we talk about this, Dale Pollock talked about this when he was on the other uh, the other week, buying and selling uh, a th- on a 30-day supply within the same market will just be greater control. You know, and this goes back right to your point at the beginning, Kyle. Buying yep. it right and knowing what your plan is over the neck to flip it in, in and out within 30 days is always what's going to insulate you against yep. the a, agent. A 12 turns a year inventory, especially right now, is extremely important. So knowing that you're on that 30-day supply, making that turn happen quickly, you know, making your making your money in the buy, having a, having a quality exit strategy, uh, and, then, and then ensuring that your recon process is tight so that you don't have aged inventory on day five, still, still waiting to hit the market, um, is absolutely crucial, especially going into the year. Like, Every single car should be fully merchandised by about the 18th of this month. Um, Cause if you're waiting till the 24th, 25th to merchandise your vehicles, you're behind the eight doesn't ball. even exist. Pretty much doesn't yes. even exist. Hey, let's pull out for a second because a lot of people, new listeners See? to the podcast might not have a full idea of what we're talking about. Here's the bottom line. It's like, think of your used car inventory, all those cars sitting out there on the lot that are not new are used Think of that like a perishing piece of fruit. The longer you have it, the worse it's going to get. Just because values go down over time, it costs money for your dealer to buy that car and they pay interest on the loan. They have to pay to insure it while it's on the line. So every day that's getting more and more rotten while it's sitting there. So anything you can do to help get those cars off the lot will make your GM and your used car manager and your dealer principal very, very happy, whether that means getting it through the shop faster, maybe making sure it is clean, making sure customers are pointed in the right direction. You, if you're in the store or you're affiliated with the store, you can actually have an impact on that if you know what's going on, which is what we're trying to do, trying to bring you there. All right, last story. Speaking of things trying to bring you somewhere, Stop. that was a little segue. weak. Right, we'll take it. That was kind of weak. But hey, look, we got a segue in. Proud of you. Okay. <laughs> Proud of you. It's a Monday. Okay, so I saw this post on LinkedIn and I was like, oh, I got all excited about it. So posts on Switzerland proposing a ban on using EVs to stave off an energy shortest gain. So gain a little bit of traction. I saw the post in a couple of places. I was like, oh, here comes the other shoe. It's about to drop. But before we're going to give you just something off LinkedIn randomly, we're going to do a little research. So we did a little, a little research digging. and a the little truth digging. is it's not quite as fantastic as it seemed in the beginning. So all the, all the people looking for like a reason. To get up and <laughs> yeah. Just shut that down. Turns out shut that the down. basis for those reports is the ordinance on restrictions and prohibitions on the use of electric energy, um, which is a proposal going forward to the Swiss government and banning or reducing the use of EVs is like, level three, which is like a high level of like, we're in trouble in the power grid here. And it could include limiting driving to basic travel, like going to work, getting food, uh, you know, going to the doctors, et cetera. So, so really- you mean like, so you mean like if we, 
if we ran out of gas. That, I mean, exactly. Like, okay, that. sounds good. So we've been through this. If before, we were running out of gas, guess say. what? We would be like, you use a little less. What do you do when you're running out of water? You use a little less, right? And so, yeah. but uh, you know, the sensational. Everyone's headlines, like, ah, see, I told you so. Let's just shut that down right now. <laughs> So we yeah, have so it's a level three. It's it's a it's a big deal. I would say don't get too fantastic about it. Understand that it's just like a move. It's a concept that customers and politicians and uh, local government, you know, everybody is going to just have to deal with. How do we operate in this type of ecosystem? Yes. Right. Like it's just a new thing. It's not it's or it's a new iteration on the same thing. So just don't I would say with everything EV. Don't get too fantastic about it. There's still a ton of moves and shifts and understanding and understanding the market or electricity or grids or anything like that. There's a lot of questions still to be had. We've been working with gas engines for like over 100 years, people. We just know what to expect. We don't know what to expect. Just wait on it. It'll come. It's okay. It's okay. I think that's the way you should walk away. It's okay. We can do things today that influence, though, the positive motion of our businesses and our communities. Let's focus on those things as we get into this week. 